Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and Bruce and I are the authors of 35 cookbooks, about to be 36, 35 cookbooks, including the ultimate ice cream book and grain mains, a book all about how to get whole grains into main courses. But today we're not talking about any of that. No, today's show is The Burger Show. Oh, da-da-da-da, The Burger Show. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I think it is the one universal food that everybody <laughs> loves. Did you just say come for burgers and everyone will come for dinner? Well, I think you mean uh, all North Americans. I think <laughs> universal. I don't. I don't know if I said come for burgers in Mali that they'd come running across the desert, but maybe um, camel burgers. <laughs> maybe. So mm, we're going to talk about to try a camel burger. What makes a good burger? And I don't think it's camel meat. So what makes a great burger? And here we're talking about really honestly the North American standard, well actually the probably the United States Canadian standard of what makes a really good burger. Um, and so we have some things we want to talk about and I want to start out with saying that the first thing I think makes a good burger is the quality of the ground meat. Well, of course it does. The quality of the meat affects everything. Oh my gosh. Everything. I mean, everything. Now, I want to also put a caveat that we're not talking about the methods of cooking here. Nope. That this is whether you broil them, whether you cast iron them, whether you put them on a gas grill, well, whether gonna, you put them on a charcoal since grill. Since you're the chef, I'm going to ask you about that later. But okay. right now, what is it about the quality of the meat? And listen, I, I'm also not saying you have to go to some farm stand or farmer's market. We do. We buy our... Uh, meat from a grass-fed and grass-finished producer, and the meat is spectacular. Yeah, Whipperwill Farm. I'll give them a call out. Yeah, Whipperwill Farm in in Lakeville, in Lakeville, Salisbury, Connecticut. But um, you don't have to buy that meat. You can buy decent meat at most supermarkets, right? So yesterday I was in Stop and Shop, and there was a sale on ground beef. It was the the ground beef they do in the store, which. Let me put an aside to say when I'm going to buy ground beef in the store, and I don't always do that. I like to grind it myself. I will only buy what they grind there right. because then you know what's in it. If it comes right. pre-ground, you don't really know what's in it, and that Pink affects slime. the quality of the meats. Pink Pink slime. Slime. So they had this sale on ground beef, and it was two ninety nine a pound, and it was 80% fat. And we're going to get to talk about fat in a minute. This woman raced up with her daughter to the counter while I was just fingering the meat. There were 15 packages, two and a half pound packages. She took them all. She oh. just piled them all oh. into her cart and she looked at me and said, on that price, oh my God, these are going to be burgers for the next four months and I got a deep freeze to save them and you can't beat this price. So Wow. Did you get any? Did you ask the butcher if you could get any more? No, that because it? that was a little fatty for me. And ah. so I actually, they also had top round steaks on sale. And right. so I bought those and ground okay. them. But really yeah, let's not talk about that. Okay, let's so the point, the point is you can buy good meat in the supermarket if they grind it themselves. But the difference between supermarket meat and local grass-fed or aged beef is going to be a lot of flavor difference, right? Yeah, it is a lot of difference. Um, and But you again, I just want to go back to that. You can buy decent organic black Angus beef that's ground in store and you can up your burger game instantly. Yes, if you go to a farmer's market or a farm, as Bruce said, the difference in flavor is going to be so dramatic. Why is that? It's going to be, why? Because the cows are finished differently. That means what they're fed before they're slaughtered. They're finished differently. They're treated differently. They are not subjected to the 
constant cortisol level stress that that industrial cows are is a whole different matter. And, and all of that affects the flavor of their meat, doesn't it? It absolutely affects it. But this is what I want to say is if you keep the quality of your meat high, then you can keep the number of seasonings in your burger low. That's an excellent point because meat that is flavorless Meat that is just generic protein Correct. is going to require a lot of flavoring to make a good burger. Right. Meat that is either grass-finished or organic or aged a bit or has a really good flavor needs nothing more than salt and pepper. Right. If you're shopping, and by the way, how to find out if your supermarket grinds its own beef or which of the ground beefs out there are the ones they grind themselves. A, ask the butcher yes, or any guy working on it. Or, of course, you can also look in the case. And in high-end supermarkets, there will be ground beef in the case. And generally, it will say like ground chuck or ground sirloin or ground round. I mean that they sell by the pound when yeah, they measure yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, like a large tray of ground beef at a higher-end supermarket. That's how you'll know that they do it themselves. But even so, ask, ask, say, did you grind this? Did you guys grind this yourself? But you keep the seasoning slow. As far as I'm concerned about all that, uh, good hamburger needs is salt and pepper, but that's Bruce likes to add a little Worcestershire sauce, which gives it a little bit. Well, uh, wait, I add your homemade Worcestershire yeah, sauce, which so. I need to make more of. Um, I do, and if you look at our website, bruceandmark.com, you can find my recipe for homemade Worcestershire sauce, which is crazy. It'll only take you three months because you have to age it, <laughs> but it's still a crazy thing to make. But um, and it's great, but you know, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, if the Burger meat is decent. Salt and pepper is all you need. All those burger seasonings that are on the market, I, no. I'd rather just pass by them, right? Well, you do need them if you're buying generic pre-ground beef that really doesn't have that much flavor. I just don't want my burger to taste like oregano, for God's right. sake, or thyme. Or, I just don't. I want, it to ta- I want it to have a really good beefy flavor, okay. which brings us to the fat content. It does. The fat content is going to do a number of things. It's going to add flavor. And it's going to add moisture as the burger cooks. Right. So uh, most of the meat in our local supermarkets that they grind there are 80% lean, 20% fat. That is a fabulous combination, lean versus fat, for a burger. Why? Because you can get it crunchy, crusty on the outside, and the inside doesn't dry out because of all the fat. Now, you just said a minute ago, though, that that 80% wasn't necessarily your favorite. It's my favorite for burgers. It's not my favorite for buying ground beef for other uses. I get it now. Yes, I see now. And I agree with you. And my thing is that I like uh, burgers super. I like them basically so the vet can save the cow. Which Uh, is another reason we go to a local (laughs) farm because he's basically eating it raw in the middle. I like it super rare um, in the middle, but I also like it crusty on the outside. And the only way I can get that is Bruce has to turn the grill up to 9 billion degrees. And then you have to incinerate the outside of it quickly so that the inside stays super rare. I literally get the grill to 800 (laughs) degrees before I put his burger on. And he gets two minutes on one side, one minute on the other, and go. that is for a seven ounce burger. There you go. And it is his burger's perfect. Mine is a little longer than that. <laughs> no, I want it. I want it to be now I will add let me add to this that I'm a super rare burger person and just as an aside, and I'm gonna I wanna come back to the cooking of it in just a second. But um as an aside, I wanna say that when I eat at places that I don't know, for example, when we're on the road and we stop at some, I don't know, maybe it's a chain restaurant. World of beer or yeah world of beer or any place like that and we're on the road and i stop at a place that i don't know and it's not advertising it's organic grass finished beef and all that stuff right 
I will always ask for a burger well done. And that has to do with health issues. It's not that I can't eat a burger more done. I just prefer it rare. But for health reasons, out on the road, in a place I don't know, I'm going to ask for it well done. We discovered this summer we were in Canada hiking for three weeks. And we went in for to a burger place one night. And there was no listing on the menu of pink. Of, yeah, no pink. pink. And so, and I like a burger medium well when I'm out as well. So it wasn't an issue. But Mark asked for a burger rare, and she looked and said, "You can't do that." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" The, the the law in Canada says ground beef must be served well done. Was period. that a, was that a provincial Nova Scotia law, or is that a Canadian? That's I, don't a, know. I believe that's a federal. I believe that's a Canadian law. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk for a minute. It was, and so I, you know, I ate it. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not a prima donna. Listen, I'll eat a well done burger, but I just at home I prefer it super rare. Okay, so let's talk about cooking it. So when you talked about getting the grill up to 800 for me, what in your opinion is uh, if you had to rank charcoal grill, gas grill, uh, cast iron pan, or broiler, what do you think is the that best That is the way? order you just gave them in. Okay. Charcoal is always going to be preferable. It is the number one choice. It'll give you a little smokiness. However, I'm only cooking your burger for three minutes. Right. So I don't necessarily want to spend an hour getting that grill ready for three minutes of cooking and then see that beautiful fire going to waste after I take your burger off. Okay. So then I go to the gas grill. Real easy. I could turn on all the burners, get that grill up to 800 degrees in 10 minutes, right. cook your burger. If it's raining out or snowing, I'm just as happy to hit the cast iron skillet on the stove until it is smoking and the smoke detector is saying, stop it. Right. And then that's a good way to get a crunch on it inside. Broiler is my least favorite way to do it. Yeah. Um, it tightens the meat. Yep. There's something about the the way the broiler heat intensity. It the burgers always tend to form into balls and tend to be meatballs, and yeah. I don't I don't like it. The best way to avoid that, by the way, is put a thumb indent in the middle of each patty, and they won't curl up quite so bad and ball up. But they do. I, I want to say that that again, Bruce is the chef in our team, and I'm the eater. <laughs> <laughs> and the writer. And I want to tell you that his order of cooking preferences is slightly different than mine. Mine is actually gas grill, cast iron pan, charcoal grill, broiler. Why is your charcoal third? Because I don't, I actually like the cleaner taste of the gas grill and the cast iron pan. Taste the meat, not the heat. They, thank you, Hank Hill, <laughs> um, um, King of the Hill. Uh, that's exactly right for me, though. I The charcoal taste is a little bit um, distracting to me. And I know, now I do really sound like the prima donna don't i wait a a second we're gonna get to what you put on your burger and you find the charcoal taste distracting but it's a little (laughs) distracting for me and i actually like a cleaner taste and so actually my preferred way of cooking a burger is on a gas grill and if not that then a cast iron pan uh because i again it it has a little bit of a cleaner taste and that's what i like okay i do want to say when you're cooking a burger do not press down on oh, it. God, no. Do not squeeze the juices out oh, of God, it. No. And do not continually flip it. You turn it once. Oh, That's when, all you need. When I was a kid, I started grilling for my family, you know, when I was maybe in sixth grade. And I would heat the grill up in the backyard in Dallas and I would grill steaks or burgers for my family. And I swear, I was the kid who, like, turned them every 15 seconds and pressed them, pressed them, pressed them, pressed them. And of course, they all came out like hockey pucks. Like, I bet your parents loved them, though. <laughs> my parents, like, well done me. So there you go. Okay. So we've talked about the quality of meat and the fat content of the meat. And I want to say that one small thing you can do to up your burger game intensely is to toast the bun or at least warm it up. You can warm it up. You can also skip the traditional sweet white bready gummy hamburger bun and try other things. That's me. Um, I love toasted onion rolls. 
I love toasted English muffins. I know Mark is not the English muffin fan no, on the burger, no, I but like I do it. like that a lot. But whatever you're doing, toast it. Warm it up on the grill. Toast it. It'll make your burger that much better. I, I prefer whole wheat casseroles. That's what I like on a burger. But um, I'll take other things. I'll even if listen, even if you use the really overly processed, sweet, traditional United States hamburger buns, even if you use those, they're infinitely improved by toasting them they are. and all you have to do right is put them down on the grill for yep. just a little bit cut side down it takes depending upon the kind of bun those take about 20 seconds before they're burned yeah um the whole wheat kaisers take about 30 seconds before they're burned so you have to watch them you can't just leave them yeah and that that little bit of crunch will ultimately up your game excessively okay number four tomatoes uh, who doesn't like a tomato on their burger i love them but I don't love them in the winter because no. the tomatoes are disgusting. Gross. Tomatoes are good for two weeks in August. <laughs> and other than that, no one should eat a tomato. Okay, I don't quite find that. I think you can get decent imported tomatoes from Chile or other places during the winter in your supermarket. But if they aren't there and if the tomatoes don't smell like tomatoes, and don't be fooled by those ones that are on the vine because sometimes those are as tasteless as can be. The tomato should smell like a tomato, particularly where the vine attaches to the fruit. But if there aren't them in your market, if there aren't good tomatoes in your market, then skip it. I, I, no, do not put plum tomatoes, as far as I'm concerned, on a burger. Oh. Don't try to now, cop out with cherry tomatoes. Well, you oh, can you do cherry. Oh. If you cut the cherry tomatoes in quarters, you could pile them on. Oh, but then they fall all they off and they're in your off. lap and they're in your hair and they're in your ears. <laughs> I want to and... know how you get your tomatoes in your hair. <laughs> Excellent. They go everywhere. So if, as I farm, I'm concerned, if you don't have a good tomato, skip it. So let's. you'll note something here. We've been talking about burgers for all this time, and we have not mentioned cheese, and that's because oh, no, we're get, not doing a show on cheese. Get burgers. ready, get ready. Cheese does not belong anywhere near a hamburger. Neither Bruce or I eat cheeseburgers, and um, it's Bruce because he's kosher. And <laughs> yes, no, I love the pork burger with cheese. <laughs> Um, stuff for shrimp i don't i'm just gonna speak for me i just it see it goes back to that thing i don't like the way that cheese messes up the flavors of the burger and i don't like the way cheese messes up my grill <laughs> well there it is that <laughs> um but it's not for me and if you like cheeseburgers that's great um i just can't come there with you um so we're going to talk about our favorite condiments and i'm going to start okay this is the man who likes the subtle delicious flavor <laughs> of gas grill and organic meat yes what do you put on your burger dear? i put mayonnaise and kimchi kimchi yeah very I, subtle i put mayonnaise and kimchi on my rare burger and that is the burger of my dreams on a toasted bun and here's why because kimchi has a slight as first of all it's spicy and i love spicy food secondly it has a fermented taste like sauerkraut it's not as sour as sauerkraut but it has that fermented taste which i think matches with the sweet beef perfectly and third it adds mm, well let's say moisture along with of course the full fat mayonnaise i'm adding to my burger so mayonnaise and kimchi to me are uh, they are the bomb and you do it on your super rare almost raw burger so it is the messiest <laughs> burger in the world talk about getting it in your hair and in your ears i go the other direction I like to put a pile of sweet pickle relish topped with another pile of sliced pickled jalapenos. And I have to say that I have tried Bruce's way. It's I've, sweet and I, spicy. I added mayonnaise because it's me. Um, but I put the pickle relish and the, the pickled jalapeno rings on my burger once because we didn't have kimchi. And it was pretty fantastic. It is good. I have actually given up ketchup for um, 
for relish and uh, jalapeno pickles. It is really well. Now, I will say that when I was a kid and we would eat burgers, when I was a kid, I wanted ketchup on my burgers. And my mother, whenever I would put ketchup on a burger, would always say, I raised you better than that. <laughs> because she thought that ketchup was de classe and that one should eat mustard on burgers. And I used to only eat mustard. I don't know how I pulled off onto this kimchi and mayonnaise thing and how I got off onto it. But I used to only eat mustard on burgers and I still think I like it but in my head but honestly I haven't had a burger with mustard on it in so long I do not like mustard on mustard belongs on hot dogs not on hamburgers <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's funny when we eat burgers out if there's an option to get avocado or bacon I will always take both because I love that but I don't do it at home um, but again most restaurants aren't, aren't going to offer me pickled relish and pickled jalapenos and you know me and god don't call out my my stupid, my stupid uh, contradictions, but I don't like bacon on a burger because I like the clean <laughs> to the burger with the kimchi. With the kimchi, <laughs> that's clean. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> don't talk about it. I I don't like. I used to. Um, I'll tell you also the other bang up good combination. This is back in the day. This is long before I met Bruce thirty five years ago. I used to eat barbecue sauce and mayonnaise on my burgers. Oh, um, barbecue sauce is fabulous, even I, with the pickle right. relish and jalapenos. I would go to this place in Dallas, Texas, Snuffers, and I would ask for my burger with barbecue sauce and mayonnaise instead of whatever condiments they were serving. And I should also add that I find most lettuce on burgers to be insipid. Oh no, there's no I, reason to have lettuce on a burger. <laughs> What's well, the point? Well, I know what the point is. The point is crunch. But if you'll toast your bun, you don't have to worry about crunch. Um, a lot of people put lettuce on there because it adds a little crunchiness. But honestly, toasting your bun takes care of that. And I don't find that the lettuce adds anything to the burger. No. I don't I don't quite get that. And you'll note that we both did not say a big slice of onion. And I know that that is super popular. Yeah, raw onion. Big, It big, is. Big. And I actually, and I'm, I don't digest raw onions very well but i know that it's a big thing and i know why it's a big thing it's because the sharp onion against the sweet beef is a good combination without a doubt no i don't mind grilling an onion slice so right. it's slightly sweet and slightly soft that that i actually like but one thing you mentioned snuffers and i have to say mm. that part of why i don't like snuffer burgers is they're thin patties oh well um, there's a difference on. between the places you go where there are thin patties even if they're 10 ounces they're giant pancakes or you go to places where it's a thick, juicy patty that's a little smaller in diameter. You I know, prefer the thicker patty. You just didn't know Snuffers when it was next to the Greenville Theater on low. Oh no, what was it? The Greenville Theater on Lower Greenville. It was like this hip, cool 1970s bar, and everybody in 1970s clothes. Just picture it. Oh, it I was, love the 70s. 70s it was the best. It was ever. just a whole thing, and there were a lot of airplane plant ferns hanging around, and it was very ferny and very bell bottomy, and it was just a thing, and uh, you just don't understand how that thing resonates. I I also tend to like slightly thicker burgers. I actually think the best burger is six to seven ounces. I don't actually like a bigger burger. No, we divide up a pound. So Mark gets a seven-ounce burger, and I get a nine-ounce burger. Yeah, and That's Santa, the way we do it. It's too big. I think then the meat gets too cloggy, too puddingy for me. But that's because I like it really rare, so yeah. it gets too much of it. But, you know, I mean, listen, condiments are a matter of personal preference. Um, I know that a lot of people put different things on burgers. I know some people up in New England who put, in fact, I've seen it in certain restaurants who put mustard and maple syrup on burgers. What's I, wrong with these people? <laughs> 
Oh, that is that is so. I disgusting. know a lot of people who put pico de gallo on burgers. Uh, okay, I could live with that. There's a lot of condiments are a personal choice, yes, and I don't think that actually any of it's disgusting as long as you like it on a burger. It's just I'm telling you what I like, and if you haven't ever tried kimchi and mayonnaise, just try it. Just try it once, just a little, and you'll see the pleasures of the the sour fermented subtle rare hamburger. Burger. <laughs> just don't put bacon on. If you like this burger show, please subscribe to the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Give us a five-star rating because that really helps. And you can catch up with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under our own names. Bruce is on Instagram as Bruce A. Weinstein. Otherwise, it's just our names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, not Scarborough, like the fair in the song, but Scarborough. On any of those social media platforms, we'd be glad to catch up with you, and we will see you back next time on another episode episode of Cooking with Bruce and Mark.